Brian, I feel like we got us a, a really good um, lesson tonight. I'm going to get started in it. It's just a couple minutes past eight, and hopefully I can get uh, through this. It's good uh, to have each and every one that is here. Uh, I didn't realize it's Sunday until I got home, but you know this past weekend uh, our nation you know, was under attack again. Uh, several bombs uh, went off, and then uh, some bunch of people were uh, injured uh, with stabbings and stuff. And uh, I'd I'd like I'd like uh, I'd like to ask some people who uh, want to take uh, take weapons away from everybody. I guess we need to ban pressure cookers now. <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, uh, kitchen knives. I mean, if somebody has got it in their heart to do harm, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way, and uh, we need we need to pray for those that was involved in that and got hurt, and uh, and also continue to pray for this country as as we pray for these names in the in, on the altar in the jar of backsliders. We got. A map here, United States, that stays laying on the altar that we need to continue to pray for because we definitely live in some trouble sometimes. Um, we are still doing uh, what we've been doing for a while on Wednesday night, something that I call Spotlight on Scripture. Uh, and it's where we take a couple scriptures um, out of the Bible and focus on them and get a lesson from that. Uh, sometimes uh, I use scriptures where people have uh, wrote a little little note and just folded up and gave it to me. And sometimes people have a scripture in the Bible that they uh, uh, were wondering about and like to hear uh, brought up and talked about, it, and we have done that. Uh, but tonight, our spotlight, we're going to be spotlighting and focusing on 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. We're going to be reading the 13th and the 14th verse uh, of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians. And this is what it reads like, and uh, this is uh, in the, uh, the New King James. He says, Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. There are five things mentioned there. If he'll go back to the very first verse, and I want you to, uh, to count those, go back to, he said, watch. Then he said, stand fast in the faith. That's the second thing. Then he says, be brave. Number four, he says, be strong. And the fifth one in the next verse, verse 14, says, let all that you do be done with love. Amen. From those two scriptures that we're going to spotlight and focus on tonight, I'm going to be teaching a lesson that I have titled, Five Demands of Discipleship. Five demands of discipleship. Um, now you have heard uh, 
heard people talk, and we've talked about it here, and uh, uh, people go by the the name Christian, and uh, the the church folks were first name given the name Christians in the town of Antioch, but disciples is older than the name Christian. Long before they picked up the name and started were calling Christians, they were called disciples. And a, a disciple is just simply a follower, a follower. But the reason why that name disciple is, is used, all words, you can trace them back to a, to a root word. And the name disciple comes from a root word that means discipline. Discipline. So, <laughs> I know it gets a lot of people upset today, but it's impossible for you to be a disciple of Jesus if you don't have any discipline in your life. Amen. There's, you know, uh, there's got to be some discipline there to be a disciple. And I realize that you can go to the Bible and there's more, there's more requirements or demands of being a disciple than just five. I understand that there's, there's a lot of areas we can go in. But in this particular focus on these two scriptures, there are five things that the biblical writer gives us that we need to do. These are uh, uh, demanded of us, and I call them the five demands of discipleship. And um, I want to read this scripture again uh, with the amplified version, uh, if he will put that on. Now, this, this is the same scripture. Uh, but this comes out of the Amplified Version, which is a good uh, study aid Bible uh, to go along with your King James. He said, be on guard. Stand firm in your faith. And if you notice there in brackets, it says, your faith in God, res respecting his precepts and keeping your doctrine sound. Act like mature men. And be courageous, be strong. Let everything you do be done in love, motivated and inspired by God's love for us. That gives us something to think on, and we're going to think about that as we go over these five things. The first thing that he told us, the first demand of discipleship is to watch. Watch. Now, there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible, especially the New Testament, Brother Paul, that tells us that we need to watch. And most of the time, if you reference them and look them, look them, look them back, it's referring to watching for the coming of the Lord. That's where most of them will lead you to. But this particular place right here when he said watch the watch as we see it here is not speaking as to watch for the coming of the Lord 
but rather to keep your guard up. Amen. Now listen, this is, this is, this is good and it's very important. Keep on the lookout because spiritual danger is lurking at every turn you make. Hallelujah. So, we as disciples of the Lord, we've got to stay on guard because you don't never know where the enemy is going to try to pounce on you, to try to pull the rug out from under you. We can't walk around with, uh, uh, you know, just whistling and, and, and not pay any attention to what's going on because somebody, and I'm talking about the enemy, Satan, the devil, amen, is going to be lurking somewhere to try to get the upper hand. Now, I don't know how many heard about it Sunday, and I just found about it Sunday, but, you know, Brother, brother, brother Donald, uh, he uh, had a, uh, a, a, bought him another truck, and he'd only made one payment on it. And uh, he went out uh, a, a few weeks ago to, uh, uh, to go somewhere, and this man jumped out on him and pointed a gun at him and told me, give me your keys. And he took his keys, and he said, Brother Sam, he said, he said I gave him all of them because, you know, he, uh, he said, I didn't know what the guy was going to do. He says it had my house key. It had a bunch of keys, keys on it, and uh, he said it was, he said it was after eight o'clock that night before I could even get into my house because I didn't have no keys to get in my house. Now, see, somebody was lurking for him, and you don't ever know what you're going to come up against in this world today. Amen. And I said, well, you, I guess, I mean, you, you. Got it, got it on payments. You're making payments, so I guess you got insurance. He said, yeah, but he says uh, he had all of his work tools in there. He said over $1,500. He says, and I, he says, I'm going to have to replace them myself, you know. And I thought, my, that's terrible. I mean, Brother, Brother Donald has really been going through a lot of stuff anyway here lately. And, uh, you know, for that, for that to happen. But, folks, we, we need to expect that same thing with the devil. If you're trying to live right, if you're trying to uh, 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 serve the Lord, amen, you better keep your guard up. Amen. You better, you better watch out. Hallelujah. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, everybody here can quote it. Be sober, be vigilant. Amen. Because your adversary, you got an adversary, folks. Amen. You, if, if, if you're a child of God, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, you you got an adversary. The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we have got to watch. Don't never let your guard down. Don't never let your guard down. There are some people whose names is in this jar right here who used to be active in church. And these, I mean, uh, I mean, if, if somebody, the Lord leads them to go somewhere else and they're serving God and going to another church, that, that's one thing. But if the devil trips somebody up that serves God and now they're out 
They're not serving God and in the world. See, uh, there, there, there are people like that that should have been better on guard. Amen. Because the enemy would do a lot of things, amen, to try to, to hinder you. Now, I could go a lot of deep deeper on this, but I got five that I want to cover. So um, uh, I'm going to gonna move on, and you can uh, uh, take notes, and you can follow some of these out further if you like. Then the second thing he tells us is to be firm in the faith. Be firm in the faith. A good disciple of Jesus Christ will not waver in his or her convictions. Amen. Uh, you know, they, they even, there's even a song, you know, uh, come out a few years ago. You got to stand for something or what? You'll fall for anything. Hallelujah. You know, People today, it amazes me how a lot of people, even in the church, do not have any convictions or standards about the way they live for God. Hallelujah. But if we're going to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ, we're going to, we're going to be firm in the faith. A good disciple of Jesus Christ will not waver in his or her convictions. In short, never be swayed by the opposition, by an ever-increasing liberal and godless society. Hallelujah. We're in some times, and we haven't seen anything yet, the closer we get to the coming of God, the world and society and government and even mainline religions are going to get further and further away from godly principles. Amen. But, folks, if we're going to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ, we got to stand firm in what we believe. We can't be swayed. Hallelujah. Amen. We can't be swayed. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Okay. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And that word perfecting there actually uh, uh, means to equip, to equip them. In some translations you read it has equipped in the place of perfecting. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why, why for all that? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man unto the uh, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, look at that, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. God is looking for somebody that will stand up. Amen. And stand firm with what they believe. Amen. There might be times that you feel like you've got to stand alone on the job where you're at, maybe with a next-door neighbor, Amen, or, or, or what, what have you. But if God has revealed something to you, God has given you knowledge, amen, you need to stay true to that. You do not let, need to let yourself be swayed. Amen. And a good disciple of Jesus Christ uh, will do so. He said that it, uh, it's not the will of God that we'll be like children tossed 
to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Wind blow any kind of way. Amen. By the slight of man, by, by the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Hallelujah. Folks, we gotta we gotta be firm in the faith. That's that's the second one. And then there's a, the third one is kind of linked to that. He said, be bold. Be bold. You know, Satan has a brass face. Amen. The devil has got a brass face. What do I mean by that? Those who promote the abominations of the flesh, they're 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 not uh, they're not shy. Amen. They're not shy. People who promote all sorts of abominations that the Word of God speaks against, they're not shy. The things which used to be done under cover, so to speak, are open and proud. With no shame. Hallelujah. The world and the devil and his crowd don't, you know, they're right out in the open nowadays. They don't care. And I believe under that circumstance and situation, God's people should show a little boldness about them. Hallelujah. Those who are true disciples of Christ must be bold and courageous we must declare uh the truth and never back down hallelujah uh sometimes that is you know that's put me at odds with people but i mean i i, I don't i don't have to be arrogant i don't have to be hateful amen but i do have to be bold when it comes to declaring the Word of God. I don't get up to preach or to teach or anything or even out, out in public to intentionally try uh, uh, to uh, uh, go against somebody or hurt, hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> uh, I, I've mentioned this before. I've mentioned it before, but uh, everybody knows Brother Travis, and going back a few years, uh, after after Brother Travis uh, got in and got filled with the Holy Ghost and started serving the serving the Lord, he uh, he he told me a conversation that he had uh, with some man, and uh, the guy the guy told him the reason why he didn't go to church. He said, I don't go to church. He said because he said ain't no, ain't no preachers that's got backbone or guts to stand and tell the truth no more. He said, uh, you know, they're, they're too afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. <laughs> Brother Travis spoke up. He said, not my pastor. He said, he don't care whose feelings he hurts. <laughs> I said, whoa, Brother Travis, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if God, if, if, if God uh, puts something in my heart and my spirit, I, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to back off. Uh, but you know, I mean, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to be, by the grace of God, I'm not going to be arrogant with anything, uh, or, or nothing like that. 
but but we do got to be bold. Notice the new, the early church in the book of Acts, chapter four. Put that up there, Acts Acts four thirty one, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and guess what? Think about that now. When when they got together and prayed, the place was shaken, and they didn't have. They didn't have big speakers turned up full blast that was shaking the place. Amen. It was, it, was, it was the power of their prayers. When they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it didn't say that they spoke in tongues here. What did it say? They spake the word of God with boldness. Now, if you go back before this, you'll find out, you'll find out that they they were warned by the officials not to teach or to preach no more in the name of Jesus. But they came back and they prayed about it. They rejoiced that they was counted worthy. And when the Holy Ghost came upon them, God gave them boldness. Amen. It takes some boldness, folks to go ahead and tell somebody the truth. If you know you're going to be arrested, taken to jail, amen, it's, it's going to t- it takes some boldness. You've heard me tell one of the many stories about Bishop Carl Angle, and I mean, I, I got a bunch of them, but there's, a, there's one or two that I talk about more than any. One of them is, one of them is when he was uh, there in West Virginia having a baptizing at, at a river, and he done baptized three or four people in Jesus' name. And there was a lady standing there in front of him, and he was fixing to baptize her. And about, about that time, he heard a loud uh, loud voice and looked up just right uh, above them and, and behind them from a bridge that crossed the river there. Uh, he lo- hollered, hey, preacher. And he looked up, and there was, there was, a, there was a man with a shotgun beating down on him said, that's my wife you got there, and if you take her underwater, he says, I'm going to pull the trigger. He said, brother, you better start pulling because I'm fixing to start dipping. (laughs) And he baptized her in Jesus' name. Now, I don't care what you say, folks. That takes boldness. And I'll be honest with you. I would have thought twice. I don't. I hope and pray that I would have done it anyway. But man, it would have made me thought about it when when somebody was that close with a shotgun. But see, God can can give you boldness. God can make you do things, uh, Sister Tina, that you might think you're not able to do. But you know the the the, uh, the best part of that story is, within a couple of weeks, He baptized that man too. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Amen. So we got to be bold. And then the fourth thing is we got to be strong. He said to be strong. Now, a good disciple of the Lord will be concerned about spiritual strength. It is not the will of God. And, and man, I, I wish we had um, more here tonight to hear this, but it will, uh, it is re- being recorded and uh, you can you can go back and listen to any sermon or Bible lesson on our website. Thanks to Brother Chris, who uh, does a good job of doing that, and I appreciate that. A good disciple of the Lord will be concerned about spiritual strength. 
It is not the will of God for you to be a spiritual wimp. Amen. It's not God's will for you to be a spiritual wimp. And if you think that that's tough, by me saying, using the term spiritual wimp, let me take, take you a little bit tougher. There are no excuses for a Holy Ghost-filled child of God to be a wimp. There's no excuses for you. Why is that? I said a Holy Ghost-filled child of God. What did Acts, what did Acts 1 and 8 tell us that we'd receive once the Holy Ghost has come upon us? Power. And ye shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, we, we just seen recently this past weekend the damage and the power that bombs have. And if you look up that word power now, it's not the same. You get different Greek words throughout the Bible for, the, for that translation power. But right there in Acts 1 and 8, if you get a Strong's Concordance and look up the Greek, that word power right there is dunamis. Exactly, brother. That's where we get the English word dynamite. So we don't have no excuses for being a spiritual wimp. If we're having problems, we can, we can get stronger, pray more, read God's Word, get in the house of God, get all the teaching that you can get. That's the way you build up the spiritual man. I didn't get, I didn't get all this by staying away from the table. Amen. Now, and I, bl I blame Sister Darlene. Because because when I when I first went over to the old church many many years ago and preached Brother Hell that first revival, you know I mean I I, I was twenty nine twenty nine, but before that revival was over with, she had me invited over her house for chicken dinner. Now, you know I mean don't get me wrong I you know I I appreciate my, my mother and the prayers for me and, and all that. But my mom couldn't cook. She just couldn't cook. She's kind of she's kind of like Sister Darlene's mom. No, Sister Sister Mert was. She was a Yankee. She she was up way up there, upstate New York. And uh, uh, I, I'm I'm sorry. I don't want to offend nobody. I might be a northern here, but you can't beat good southern cooking. I didn't I didn't know what good gravy was until I met Sister Darlene. You know you know what my mama's. Uh, it's a wonder I wasn't this size back then, and I ain't done had bypasses myself. But but all we knew gravy was me growing up at home. Back then, I would buy those big old cans of lard, get two or three hunks out, throw them in a black skillet, start frying that chicken. And when the chicken got all brown, she'd take the chicken out and put the chicken in a bowl, and she'd take that skillet and pour that over the chicken. And we'd sop that up with biscuits. That's the only kind of gravy I knew until I met Sister Darlene. Now, I've gotten to be a pretty fair cook myself. I kind of like my gravy, you know, but... but <laughs> But anyway, hallelujah. 
<laughs> moving right along. Moving right along. Uh, if it <laughs> Glory to God. We, we have to feed the spiritual man like we do the natural man. And we have the Holy Ghost. We got that power within us, greater it seeds within you than he that's within the world. Why wouldn't somebody want to do everything they can to strengthen that power? Hallelujah. So be strong. Uh, notice Proverbs 24 and 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. That's one of Brother Billy Shoulder's favorite scriptures. He quotes that a lot. He quoted it last Saturday night, by the way. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. We're living down in that time, folks. You're going to have, have to have all the strength that you can get. Amen. And then Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in what? In the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. That's where your true strength comes from. Amen. That's where. Okay, the fifth one. We got to be guided by love. That's the fifth demand of discipleship. Now, with everything that I've mentioned as being demanded of us, as being disciples of Jesus Christ, listen to me. Please listen to me good on this. Nothing supersedes us being guided and motivated by love. Nothing. You can have everything. Listen to me. Now, I know some people don't uh, uh, wouldn't agree with this, but I, I, but I can't help it because I, I'm following what Jesus has to say about it. You can have everything from repentance to the Holy Ghost, and God may let you, he, he might use you in all nine of the nine spiritual gifts and die lost unless love does not ooze from your fingertips. Supersedes love. And the best thing for that, you, you quoted that, but for last scripture I'm going to read as I close tonight, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, and I'm using a new King James because it brings it out to the same charity, it brings out love. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. The tongues of men is our natural tongue, what I'm talking right now. The tongues of angels is what you speak through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, or I speak in other tongues, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. You can go up there and strike them cymbals and beat on them until you get a headache, and all you're going to get out of them is noise. You ain't going to get no tune out of that symbol. So what he's saying here, I believe what he's saying, brother. Amen. I can, I can, I can have all kind of eloquence of speech. 
I can speak in tongues to the cows come home, but if I don't have love, I'm just making a lot of Just make a lot of noise. Let's go ahead and continue to read. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. Wow. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Now, see, that's when you give, 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 uh, help feed the poor, that's, that's charity. But but see, we're talking here something more than just giving. We're talking about the the agape love from that's only comes from God. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. Wow, Hallelujah! That's the fifth demand of discipleship. And it's not the least by no means. We've got to have the love of God. Amen. Anybody got any comments or questions about our lesson tonight?